Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken. Coming up in today's episode, myself and Simon look back on last night's football as Liverpool crashed out of the Champions League and Brighton beat rivals Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Plus, we hear from former IBF welterweight world champion Kel Brook on his plans to return to the ring. Now, before I forget... Your very widely read column in the oh. mail this morning. I glance at it and you're complimenting me in it. Indeed, mate. How very, very kind of you. Thank you for that. My I didn't pleasure. ask for this, My but pleasure. that no. was very kind of you. You never tell me face to face that you uh, adore me, as you obviously do. <laughs> but um, that was very kind of you. No, Thank you. Best presenter around, as far as I'm concerned. What, very, you are very to? lucky enough to be a. No, no, no. No doubt about it, mate. Best presenter around. Absolutely. You're up to I'm something. A, I'm not up to something. You know, I can I can praise in equal measures, criticise, um, and I, I, I absolutely, genuinely believe you're the best presenter around. What a lovely start to the show. Now I feel quite ill. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm not surprised. Uh, let me tell you, uh, in terms of compliments, I came back from Brighton last night. I was down at the match against your beloved Palace, surrounded by some very, very good Palace fans in the train coming back up. And uh, they feel mutually warm and affectionate towards your good self. Uh, oh, have huge nice respect for you that's for nice what you did in, in your time yep. at the top of the football club. And many of them are saying to me, wish he was back. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, look, the bottom line is I did my best. It didn't end the way I ever wanted it to. Um, but that's life and circumstances and banking crisis and all that go with it. But you can't argue with the job. Whether I like him or I don't like him, I respect the outcomes that have been achieved at Crystal Palace because myself, Ron Nodes and other people would have dreamed of keeping Palace in the Premier League for the best part of 10 years. Yes, yeah. wonderful. You've had huge American investors that are now predominantly the owners. But you cannot argue that Palace, with this very long stay in the Premier League, have done what previous owners like me would have really loved to have done. Well, um, it's still fresh in their minds, the contribution you made to the football club, well, which was significant. Uh, and they were quick to point that out to me. We, we had some fun in the way back up. I actually recorded a couple of chats with some of the supporters. You're going to hear them shortly alongside a chat with uh, Brighton's Joel Veltman, mm -hmm. who had a real joust throughout the evening with uh, Wolf Zaha yeah. um, and had a, a bloodied lip as he, he fought his way through a chat with me post-match. Actually, Palace had the chances, Simon, and we'll talk about this yeah. uh, shortly, had Odson Edouard 
card. And Michael Alisi not taking early chances. This might have been different, but then yeah. Alexis McAllister gets into the groove. Pascal Gross gets into the groove. Moises Casado mm. in the groove. And Brighton won it and won it in the end by single goal to nil. We'll talk about that shortly. A lackluster Liverpool uh, fell to a 1 0 defeat in Madrid. Uh, they're out of the Champions League at the last 16 stage. And I think the question this morning regards Liverpool is how long will it be before we see them return to Europe's elite competition? Certainly Klopp was pragmatic regarding that and said, yeah, we've got a job in our hands there. It's the, the competition and uh, we want to be part of it um, every year and that's now a massive task for us. We all know that. When we come back from international break, from the international break, uh, we have a proper football week ahead of us, I would say. With three games, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, which will then probably define um, where we where we get out of it. People might say we we, we lost it in in Bournemouth, but I think this week is a pretty decisive one. So we have to hope now that we um, that the boys come back healthy early enough in the in the right shape, and then yeah, we will try it. We will try it. I'm sure they will with him at the helm. But, Simon, as the power battle within the Premier League, traditional big six changed so much. Liverpool find themselves mm. with a job in their hands at the bottom yeah. of that rung. Currently. I mean, to to paraphrase the great club of Lang, what do you see coming down the, ra- the road with those three games? Pain. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't yeah. see them getting much out of those yeah. games. But you never know with this Premier League. City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea, OK, they've had a little mini recovery but they're a long way from the finished article but the other two they are the finished article yeah and for some reason Liverpool and and Klopp never saw it coming he never saw it coming when he told everybody to book their hotels for next year's Champions League final and I know that's the rallying cry after you've lost the Champions League final so you'll get into that sort of mode he never saw it coming when you start the season um, with Liverpool in go mode in the uh, in the charity shield um, and you didn't see these things coming and no one saw it coming about the, the deficiencies that Liverpool clearly have in the way that they want to play and the way that they're now capable of playing. But you would back Klopp. I would back Klopp. If I was an owner of a football club, I would take Klopp as my manager every day of the week. Yeah. Every day of the week. He's he. Whilst you get these sort of peaks and troughs with him and defending the Premier League title wasn't a great one and bouncing back off a season where they looked like he could have done all four hasn't been a good one but he's one of those that will inspire those around him he'll bring the fans with him but he doesn't seem to go against the owners a lot of these guys bring the fans with them and then use that as a weapon to when they don't quite get what they want from the owners I think Klopp ticks so many boxes the manner in which this team plays when it's on song the manner in which he rebuilds a football club makes it irresistible to watch some of the achievements that he delivers and also the perfect squaring of the circle for me as a former owner you don't hear this carping and bitching when he doesn't get all of this embarrassment of riches that some of the other clubs get Mm. Having said that, Simon, as you know, FSG um, struck a, a, a a fairly well, they were unsure about when Liverpool would be able to compete at the very top again with the very the, with the so-called elite well, in, in terms of finance in well, terms of what they of, said is something that I think is going to be echoed much more uh, regularly I mean some would say that Klopp has sort of struck a Faustian pact with FSG and never complained about what they do and don't give him but they've argued and they're arguing now about sustainability the Spanish League have implemented it 
and said that clubs have got brought in a certain way. And there, are, and there is an, a model coming down the lane of turnover-related um, uh, spend patterns from, from, from next season and the seasons coming forward. So there's nothing wrong with what FSG said. And that may well explain the reason why Chelsea got out hard and fast with this crash-bang wallop £600 million spend, yeah. because they realised that they can't do it going forward, so they needed to hit the ground running, and maybe they, over, they overcooked it. But I do believe that when you've got someone like... Klopp in the dugout, unless his races run, which I doubt, that you will always have an ability to get that extra 10% out of somebody that other managers... So if they go and buy all these big shot players yeah. that, that ultimately look like they're filling the gap, if they haven't got someone like Klopp to harness, direct them, and get them to the next level, yeah. they'll never be what Klopp is capable of being, even with lesser fare. I'll put it out there, actually, to Liverpool fans this morning. How long before we see you return to Europe's elite competition again and challenging to win that wonderful Champions League trophy? How long, how long realistically do you think it will be before we see Liverpool in the final of this uh, elite competition once again? Uh, 0371722334810889. As for Brighton, the Seagulls on the south coast, after what I witnessed last night, the only way for them is up. We're going to look at that next. And Paul, thank you for that. I think you're right, mate. Listening to you two this morning in that studio, get a room. For goodness sake, get a room. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. So Palace went down to the Amex last night. This derby match, so-called derby, but it was a feisty affair, that's for sure. Brighton against uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, Simon, you remember them in your time at, at, at the Helmet Palace. It means a lot to both clubs. But Brighton came out on top by a single goal to nil and in the process maintained their European bid. They really are going very, very strongly indeed, backed by a huge and vociferous uh, support. They were brilliant, but Palace had a good support last night, and a couple, a few of their fans getting uh, got in and around me in the train on the way back up to London last night. Going to hear from them in a moment. I enjoyed your company, and you spoke a lot of sense. You're worried about your club, but you think you'll survive in the Premier League. Fair enough. But what about Brighton? Joel Veltman, uh, the Dutch uh, defender at Brighton, he had a tough old night because he had to look after the challenge of Wolf Zaha, which was not inconsiderable by any stretch of the imagination. It was quite physical between the two of them. He stood and he chatted to me post-match with a blooded lip uh, and he gave us uh, a fair bit of his time for this show. Joel, if you're listening, I want to thank you for that. I said to him, what about the performance then? You won it, but how do you assess the performance, Joel? It was a fight uh, from minute one till the last minute. Uh, they had big moments when they could score. We had it as well. Uh, but again, luckily, especially after our goal, we, we played well. But it's a Brighton win and a Brighton win, win Joel, against Palace. No, and that's you, you saw the relief after the, the, the referee blow his whistle. Like We knew it's a tough game. Uh, we drew lots of times against Palace. We lost a couple of ones. But last time we were winning was like 2018-19 maybe or something. So, yeah, it was... A, about time that we that we win. What about that battle? And it was pretty physical with you and Wolf Zaha tonight. Tell me about it. You need to be on your front front foot to 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 beat him like one v ones and don't let him turn and let him be on his pace because when he's one v one, he's I think one of the best uh, wingers at the, the pre- in Premier League. So yeah, I think I did well and I was really short in his back, not tur- let him turn. So yeah, I think. That's the only job I had uh, today a bit. I saw you wipe the blood from your mouth. I mean, it got a bit physical. It was, yeah, but it's a derby. That's, uh, that's how it is, right? Palace, Brighton, or Brighton Palace. That's how, you know how it is, so don't complain. Just uh, go on the next one. Yeah. And the quarterfinal of the Cup coming up, and 
obviously people will take well Brighton will do that job but you've still got the job to do haven't you it's Grimsby 100% straight after the game the Kaffa said it already uh, like don't forget this game maybe it's not tonight but tomorrow morning and focus on them because they are in the quarterfinal for a reason you know so we, we saw the game well I saw the game against Southampton and yeah defensively they were really really good but uh, so again don't underestimate them and just fully focus on, on Sunday yeah. there are those who would say a, a cup semi-final and maybe a top six finish what a season for Brighton I think you want more than that well if you said that before the season I will take that of course but uh, yeah if, if you look at where we now like sharing sixth place with Liverpool now and still in the cup so again we're really happy but I said it to everyone like be humble and just see every every game uh, as a final because it can go quick down as well so uh, yeah we need to say humble Joe Veltman of uh, Brighton. He spoke well, Simon. Uh, already, I'm looking at the messages flying in. So many Brighton fans uh, joining in this morning, listening to us at this moment. Neil and Hastings. Morning, Jim, Simon. I was there last night. Wow, just wow. The football we're playing at the moment. I agree, Neil. I do agree. Casado was immense again. Europe, here we come. So why shouldn't they dream of this, Simon? Uh, six points adrift of Tottenham, who are fourth, and Brighton have two games in hand. It's on here for Brighton. Very much on. Um, it's certainly on for Brighton to finish um, inside the top six. But like anything else, when you get to the shake-up at the end of the season and uh, the business end, some way or another, it always appears, or more often than not appears, that the established clubs seem to find a way through. Now, whether Liverpool, I doubt Chelsea can, so we're really only talking about Liverpool, there's going to be a disruptor inside the top six. Now, whether that initial disruptor is Newcastle, whether it's Brighton, whether it's Fulham or Brentford there's going to be somebody in there that potentially breaks up this cartel mentality of the top six being cast in stone, which I think is good. I mean, I really wouldn't put anything past Liverpool. I wouldn't put anything past Tottenham in Mm. terms of Tottenham dropping out of the top four, Liverpool replacing them, because if Liverpool win their game in hand, they go three points within within, um, a touching distance of Tottenham. Newcastle, the same sort of scenario. Uh, They've got two games in hand. But we'll see if these clubs that are not used to this space and not used to this place can bear down on the opportunity that exists for them. Top six or top four, both of them get you into Europe. Yeah. They've got an opportunity against Grimsby with no disrespect to Grimsby. You would expect Brighton to come through that quarterfinal. They're yeah. in the semi-final. If they get a decent draw, I don't know what that looks like, but the, you know, whoever you get in the semi-final is going to be a good side. You never know. You Brighton never know. Could, Brighton could be in the top six Do you know in something the FA final. In this fellow, Roberto De Zerbi, they've got somebody who just does not stop. Uh, in the technical area, he is on it, across it, yeah. at them, for everything. And that's why he's getting the best out of McAllister, out of Gross, out of Caicedo. Caicedo, the guy that Arsenal yeah. really wanted for 70 million. And Paul Barber and the rest said, no, you're not getting him. And they've kept him. Uh, others in there as well, uh, Stupinen, uh, uh, tremendous players. And at the back, they were very solid with Lewis Dunk and uh, Levi Colwell. Look, I mean, he's inherited a nice base. He has inherited a position where there was, it won't broke, so he didn't actually need to fix very much. True. He just needed to make sure it ticked over and got better. Yeah. He's doing what a good coach should do. He's improving players, improving the team. It's wonderful when you pick up a team with very few problems that's going in the right direction, and all you've got to do is improve it. That's a wonderful position to be in. You haven't got to look behind you to find out what's going wrong. You've got a, you haven't got a Mini, you've got a Ferrari. Yeah. And so he's in that situation, but notwithstanding that, he still had to keep up that standard. And so Brighton, across the board, from Tony Bloom winning a load of money at Cheltenham yesterday <laughs> um, and having a double whammy, yeah. through to their team performance, to what they're achieving in the Premier League, to an FA Cup quarter final, there's very little wrong 
Brighton, as galling as it may be for me. Now, as far as your Crystal Palace is concerned, uh, they remain winless this year. Uh, no Premier League goal scored since February the 18th. It's a problem, it's a worry, and I could see it in Patrick Vieira. I had a, a brief chat with him at the end of the game last night. So on the train on the way back up, I mean, obviously, Palace fans are concerned. A really good group of away fans got around me in the train and they gave me the thoughts. I just don't think we had the fight in any way, in any space across the pitch. Brighton, what, first to every single 50-50, every single one, they, we, we don't have the fight. We weren't there to the, to the 50-50s, like you say. We hadn't shown the fight. It's a derby, come on, we need to show that fight. Are you worried now? You haven't won a league match in 2023. Oh, we have I'm worried, worried. I'm worried. I think we've got the quality we have the quality to be able to to fight off the people below us. I, we have, we have, we have got the quality. Goals. Five goals in 2023. Five goals. Patrick's in charge. Is he going to get you out of this situation? I don't think he will. I think the players we have could get us out, but we need a leader. We need Zaha to have a free run. Players are worse with the potential when they first like now than when they came. It seems to be a, a, a mid-table battle every single season. There's, there's never changes. Will you stay up? Yes. We will stay up, yes. but I think it's going to be really close. See, they're, they're desperate. They're desperate yeah, to, they're, to praise the people at the club. They, they want to back their players. They want to back Vieira. But at the back of their minds, they're thinking, we're in a bit of a fix here. Well, I don't think they really are, to be honest. They're 12th in the league. And this this idea that Palace didn't fight, I think the first yard in any footballer's uh, ability is in their mind. And if Brighton are in a great reign of a uh, great run of form, the first yard's in their mind. So they're there, they're quicker, they're sharper in their mind, they're a more confident side. Simon. So it's almost there. Palace have not won in twenty twenty. No, I know they haven't, but they've also We're they've, almost they, through March. They've taken too many draws. They've, they've scored a goal for a month. No, and I accept that, but they're still sitting twelfth in the league. So they need probably six to nine points to be uh, in a situation where they can get out of any problems that people suggest that they're going to be in. I don't think they'll get relegated, but I also don't feel that Vieira is going to be, for whatever reason, the solution going forward, whatever that solution looks like. I don't know what we expect for Palace when we are constantly spending mid-table money. And I get it, because I'm always an advocate for spending what you've got. They're spending mid-table money mid to lower third of the table money so they're sp- finishing mid to lower third look at the league look who's in beneath them Wolverhampton Wanderers they spend quite a lot of money they've got an international manager of great repute in their dugout that's got massive experience beneath them Everton spent half a billion quid beneath them former Premier League winners with Brendan Rodgers beneath them West Ham United with David Moyes and all the experience he's got and competing in Europe and finishing in the top eight beneath them but Brighton well above them they're Currently. big rivals and Currently. last night apart from a couple of early chances as I mentioned, there wasn't much uh, else. And, and, and I accept that, and I'm not making a case for anything other than the fact that we'd like to see them doing better. But I don't think if we're going to run the argument they're going to be relegated, that's a reasonable argument. Do I think they could do better? Do I think they're a better side, despite the statistics, than the one that Roy Hodgson produced? Yes, I do. I think it was a little bit turgid towards the end. Um, do I think that Patrick Vieira will, will come out from this unscathed? Probably not because it looks like it's becoming a bit stagnant. It looks like perhaps changes the personnel behind the scenes. You keep patching for the season. Well, unless there's a real... The, unless the da- unless you do. feel there's a downing of the tools and you've got a real problem in the dressing room that's going to only be 
uh, bypassed by putting someone else in there. There's no downing no. of tools. There's no downing well, of tools. Well, then there's your answer. The players have got to do a bit better on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you've got chances and you've got to score goals and Wilf's not contributing anything and Edward isn't scoring the goals it was brought in to do, maybe that explains why Celtic weren't crying when he left and a variety of other things. The players are the ones that inevitably get you in the car and the ones that get you out of it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We spoke briefly going into the last break about Kel Brook, of course, who's had some great times in the world of boxing, but some pretty indifferent times as well. And of course, back in January this year, a video surfaced online showing Kel seemingly snorting white powder at his home amongst a, a gathering of people. He apologised. He admitted he was struggling with retirement and was now back in the gym and maybe, maybe wanted to return to the fight game. Earlier this morning, I spoke to Kel. And first off, and maybe most relevantly of all, I simply said to him, how was he? Yeah, I'm doing absolutely, unbelievably well. I got the help I needed. You know, I'm I'm still doing the things I need to do every day. Gratitude lift, you know, I'm going to the gym. I'm being there, I'm, I'm on time. I'm just excited to go to sleep and wake up and, and start the day, you know, in, in sobriety. Kel, the, the video that was leaked online didn't do you any favours. How come it was leaked online? Because there's rats out there, you know, there's rats and the usual suspects, you know, you don't really think you're, the, you know, friends, but it shows you that, that people are out there what you know, want to do that. I want to just ruin you, you know. But for me, it's the best thing what could have happened, you know. It's the best thing because... You know, the world knows now and the weight's off my shoulders. You know, instead of just being a fire and dealing with this depression and the lowest, you know, I can you can ever imagine. I've got the help that I need, you know, you don't you don't train for a fight on your own, you need a train and you need strength and conditioning, you need a nutritionist and I know that now, you know, I've got the help and i I'm speaking to the right people. And is that, that help ongoing, Kel? 
that'll be ongoing, you know, and I'm enjoying it so much. I'm enjoying reaching out, helping others, you know, I'm helping, I'm helping others as well, and it gives me so much joy. Good to hear that you've handled this so positively because I think a lot of people were worried about you. You've got a lot of fans out there, and you know that. Yeah, I know that, yeah. You know, once I put um, a post up on, on social media, I got nothing but love, you know, nothing but love in it. It really uh, warmed me out and it gave me that desire and everything to continue to be how I am today, you know, in sobriety and clean and sober. You're not the first boxer to struggle somewhat, Kel, when you don't fight anymore. And has that been at the root of it? It has, it has, it because since I've been nine years old, all I've ever done is gone to the gym and train and won so badly to become world champion and uh, live my dream. And I've conquered that, you know, I've been, been in with the very best and I've beat my rivals in the Mir Khan. You know, I completed the book, you know, and um, at that stage of my life, you know, I decided to retire. But, you know, people do, they do, they train you to become world champion, but nobody tells you how to deal with life after boxing, you know, after your life, you know, everything what you give to the game. Nobody tells you how to, to deal with this, you know, everyday life again. Because you know, nobody's telling you to pony up and say, get down to the gym twice a day. You know, it's it's basically you're on your own and it's it's been a struggle. But I found myself. Well done though, Kel. Well done for reaching out and well done for, for fighting it. Because it's a tough fight away from the ring, I'm sure. I'm gonna talk about the future in a second, Kel, but when you looked at that video online afterwards as as I'm sure you've done did you feel that you yourself had tarnished your own reputation? Yeah, you know, straight away, as soon as I seen it, you know, I felt absolutely physically sick. And I was thinking about my little daughters, you know, picking them up from school, you know, seeing parents, you know, I felt so ashamed. I felt so ashamed, you know, that the fans have seen that and the young fighters coming through as I'm a role model and seeing me doing stuff like that, you know, it were, it were very hard for me to digest, but... I gathered myself and uh, and I reached out and I'm and I'm on the right path now. So come on then, mate. Tell me, life without boxing—it's difficult for you. So are you going to fight again? Is this what you want to do? I think I've just been pushed and prodded, you know, by a fellow we all know as Conor Ben. You know, a fighter, the fighters, you know, it's, it's always in me. You know, you know, I love the challenges. I'd love to show this young Ben, you know, what time it is. You know, but obviously we've got to sit down with his boss Eddie here. And his manager and uh, and come up with my service fee, which uh, is going to be quite decent, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would you're you're prepared, Kel, are you, to put in everything it takes in terms of physical preparation, get yourself back mentally. You feel that if you were to end up in the ring with Conor Ben, that you could beat him. I do, yeah. You know, this is this is my game. You know, I, I know I've I've done it many times before. You know, I know how to put myself in that prison and just completely and utterly give myself to the sport and put everything into it. And I obviously know in my heart and I do believe that I would, you know, be kind of best. I am still in my mind the best world to wait, like middleweight out there, you know, definitely in Britain anyway. And like I said, you know, if we sit down and I do get that excitement again and I take my coffee slippers off and put my trainers back on, you know, we can see me running them roads again maybe. That was former IBF welterweight champion Kel Brook speaking to me a short time ago. Spencer is with Simon and myself. Spencer Oliver, how did he sound to you? Yeah, listen, 
He's a really infectious person, Kel Brook. He's a lovely, lovely guy. I'll say that first of all. You know, we, we all know what happened to him in recent times and how much he's been struggling with retirement, life after boxing, because it's very difficult. You know, these guys have been doing it since they were young kids, probably seven, eight, nine years of age, and that's all he's done. Et slept boxing, you know? That's, that's, that's his life. So he struggled to find direction with it. And, you know... A lot of people throw that word mental health around and it's thrown around quite freely, but he's a real advocate of mental health, Kelbrook. He's he's struggled really badly with it. And um, yeah, he's just, he can't find any sort of direction. I think that's why he wants to box again. That's why I spoke to him yesterday on the phone, by the way. I spoke to him in depth yesterday and he sounded really good and really upbeat. And that's because I think he's been, he's, got the idea of getting back in the ring and boxing Conor Ben again and yeah. you know and it's given him some sort of motivation some yeah. sort of reason yeah. to get up in the morning he's like is that in his I best speaking interest to you, boxing Simon, about it wasn't I it was like mm. yes yeah, in his best interest to box again because he can't find anything else to do he's really struggling with that I think you hit the nail on the head there Simon you know maybe you know, maybe talking to others about mental health and going out there and doing doing those sort of speaks, you know, might help him a little bit as well. I mean, I, I really don't know. What, I mean, he's going to help himself. He's going to he? have to find some peace somewhere because he's going to be a long. Even if he comes back now, he's going to have to accept that sooner rather than later, his boxing career is going to come mm. to an end. So he's got to find as as difficult as it may be. He's got to find the direction. He doesn't. The idea that he needs to be told to go to the gym and that fact he's not no longer being told to go to the gym because there's no end product for a fight at the end of it. Mm-hmm. He can't be told what to do in life. He's a father himself. He's got to find his own direction. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Listen, when we've got the royal fam- members of the royal family writing about their drug abuse, I don't necessarily think that he should walk around hanging his head in shame. I think mm-hmm. he should look at himself and say, perhaps I've let myself down and I don't particularly want my children to follow that particular example. I think that's but, exactly what he does People make think. mistakes. So when he's, when, it won't help his mental health condition yeah. to, 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 be, to be steeped in being ashamed. People make choices and they make mistakes. If currently the pathway to get him back onto an equilibrium is to fight again, and he's fit enough to do so, mm-hmm. um, then I suppose that may well be a solution for him. But yeah. notwithstanding, he's still going to have to deal with that inner demon. And it's a, it's a difficult one. I've seen superstars of sport that come out of those massive highs, and also, of course, using high in the con- context of achievement in a ring, yeah. right? and then there's nothing left, and it mm-hmm. doesn't. everything else diminishes. Yeah. And it's one of those things that people don't really understand. High high-end footballers come away out of life and there's no more football stadiums, no more adoration, mm. no more autographs, no more, 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 no more interest. And that does come with its own challenges. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I would suspect that if Kel's got the mental fortitude to have achieved the things that he's achieved in the ring and some of the things that he won, Sean Porter and those sort of fights, he can do it outside the ring sure. too. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.